The following contains crass and vulgar language, and that's just in naming the guest. That might not be suitable to all listeners and most social media platforms. Listener discretion is advised. Hello again, everybody, listeners, viewers, <laughs> subscribers, and the people finding us for the first time just now. With you, as always, I'm Top Toes. And I'm Benny, and welcome to the Odos Toes podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And let me just say, if anybody's listening to a foot fetish podcast and they don't expect any kind of crass or fucking horrible mouth, trucker, sailor mouth behavior, like they're listening to the wrong fucking podcast. They've also clicked past the little E in the corner that says we're explicit. Uh, they've <laughs> lied about their age on YouTube. We we protect ourselves. So that, that disclaimer is absolutely nothing um, necessary, <laughs> except for the fact that when I introduce her, I'm going to have very a lot of trouble actually just saying it straight. But with let's do it quickly. Face. Rip the bandaid off this. Joining us with us in the virtual studio from Baltimore, Maryland is Platinum Pussy. Yay! And Yay. you know what? It's twenty fucking twenty two. Like, who isn't vulgar and is in hiding? <laughs> like, yeah, definitely get off this fucking podcast and go somewhere else. If you yeah, no, seriously, I do not think that. Like, well, I don't know. I was gonna say I don't think that the reverend of my local church is listening to us right now. But you oh, know he's what? listening, all right. You know what? Like, he is quiet. <laughs> yeah, he's more than listening. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's my best customer. No. <laughs> you know, the people that claim not to be the freaks are the bigger freaks than anyone. I agree. Absolutely. Because those of us that are kind of freaky and like kind of out in the open, we're just like, I'm a freak. Here it is. And that's it. Like you, what you were, what you started to say off the air, right? Like what you see is what you get. Like that's who we are. It, you know, I was just having a conversation with one of my friends and we were talking about like when we go to conventions, like adult conventions, like Exotica and people come up and they have these like really intense conversations with us and they get real excited because we're passionate about what we do. And the reason why they're so excited is because they don't have anyone to talk about this freaky shit with. They can't go ask somebody at a brunch like, hey, has anybody ever had their ass fucked with a strap on? Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Girl, you're going to the wrong brunches. <laughs> right. So it's like, and, and that conversation with your partner could also be uncomfortable. So when they find people like us that are very sex positive and openly um, sexual and, and can have these passionate and enthusiastic conversations about things that people are curious about or want to speak about, but just don't have anyone that they feel comfortable having that conversation. Without then, judgment, Right. Without That's important, right? Well, with, without without e even more than that, without experience, without education, like we come with a plethora of aspects that make that conversation very fulfilling for them. Even if they never get to experience it, just the fact that they got to have that conversation is, you know, one of the reasons I love going to Exotica and, and attending events is because, you know, you get to see these people and have conversations with them. And, you know, I come from a wide variety, no pun intended, of, you know, body positivity, sexual positivity, and, you know, abroad, and being just a straight up, you know, everyday hoe. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, like us, you're used to um, having this conversation on a regular basis. You have a hey. podcast as well, which is called uh, well, I have multiple podcasts. I have a show on Roku and Amazon Fire Stick called Carrie's Closet X. 
and it's on the A Love Media app. Um, A Love Media, A L U V Media dot com. And I have Platinum Pussy Radio. I now just started a, a podcast called iHeart BBW Radio. Um, yeah. And I'm also working on one, my special project, because I do fart content. And a girlfriend of mine who's not in the industry loves to tell shit jokes and fart jokes. And just, she thinks that <laughs> stuff is hilarious. So we are going to do a podcast called Turd Talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am and, so fucking excited about that. And we're just going to, you know, tell jokes and talk about, you know, all kinds of funny things about the, you know, rectum area. <laughs> so, uh, so I, um, you know, after, after I met you, after I learned of you, after I met you, I, um, I went to look up your podcast and stuff, your YouTube channels, and I started listening to the, to the boob tube. Oh, yes. Oh, I have boob tube too. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> wait, am I in the wrong place? Like, <laughs> let, let me, ca- let me caution the, vision, the the listeners, especially those who listen in their car, put your pen away, check the show links after we're done. We'll get the ball there. Yes, because it sounds sure. like we're going to come up with twenty five thirty by the time we're done here. Because uh, put uh, platinum here is doing too much. <laughs> I mean, shit. You know, you could just end up googling her, right? Platinum pussy, and then it'll get you to platinum pussy dot x x x or whatever the. What, is that your website? Is that what that's? Yeah, know. that's my um, okay. content website. But I'm actually revitalizing my blog which is going to have like my press kit which gives you like the story of platinum it gives you the links to all of my various projects and you know unfortunately the problem with podcasts is they kind of have to be niche specific and I'm one of those creative people that comes up with an idea every five minutes so that's why I have so many different projects and also different people want to talk about different things so everything is I'm just glad we know you. We didn't have to deal with your press secretary and get nailed your press kit and all this crap. Well, that's one of my personalities. Like, I'm my own assistant. (laughs) She's a phenomenal uh, organizer. Let me just say, she's extremely organized in all of her stuff. But you mean you'd have to be with all that you have going on. So, you know what? Let's, Let's go back just a little bit. Why don't you tell... You know, let's just say somebody, you know, is is new to the industry. They've just come in and they have no idea who Platinum Pussy is. Like, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you and where do you live that you don't know who Platinum Pussy <laughs> is? No, I'm kidding. Maybe um, they just turned, you know, 18 and they're just, you know, yeah. barely able also, to click the is, I'm over 18, you know, button. <laughs> this is also a, a, a foot fetish podcast and, you know, you're not Platinum Toes. So they, they mistook you for someone else originally. No, I'm fatty feet. So, yeah. oh, <laughs> I actually have a, a a domain fattyfeet.com, and it goes to my foot fetish content on clips for sale. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, platinum pussy. Um, I have been in the industry for 18 years. I'm 47 years old. I live in Baltimore, Maryland, and I have been an entrepreneur, uh, content creator, cam model, phone sex operator, blogger, writer podcaster, everything you could possibly think of in the entertainment world. Um, I've probably tried it once. Um, I even was a stripper for three minutes. Um. (laughs) Is that even a whole song? 
Um, that was the exact whole song. And when I tell you I was out of breath, rolled off the stage and said I would never do it again, I meant it wholeheartedly. Really? I, I gained <laughs> such a huge respect for exotic dancers because I never worked so hard for a $1 bill in my entire life. And I was so excited about that dollar bill. <laughs> you frame it, put it on the wall. Frame it. Yeah. God damn. I still have that dollar because it was so special to me. Like I just realized when you go, cause when you go to the strip club, like, first of all, I'm a very tough customer. I, the twerking and all that stuff, you can see that for free on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, like that stuff is everyday content for me. So when I go to the strip club, I want an experience. I want a dancer that really puts time, effort into her, her appearance. I want a dancer that's going to entertain and has that vibration, that energy that just makes you like want to spend your money. And it's rare. It's not something that you find yeah. at any club. Like it's really difficult to find. So when I go, I'm really there like, critiquing them like a judge on America's Got Talent, you know, like, no, no, not that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She needs some new shoes. Those are just hideous. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like this outfit just looks like she went to rainbow. Like we're not now. Right. (laughs) Does the Baltimore Sun-Times have a, uh, a strip club review column that you write for? No, not yet, but that's a really good idea. And I will be contacting them to make that happen. Because, you know, I just need to add one more thing to my list of 10,000 projects and and tasks. So, Oh, my God, I love it. So what happened was how I even had the experience is um, back in 2012 to, like, really, really back it up to give you some, like, early history of Platinum Pussy. I've always been a plus size woman since I hit puberty I've been um I wasn't exactly plus size but I was I've always been overweight thick curvy of course back then I thought I was fat because when you're a teenager anything that everyone deems is fat which is over a size two and a hundred pounds right um which is really sad but um and I think that's something that should be taught in school like getting past the bullying and and how you treat your peers and and each other in the world but I digress so early platinum pussy had a, a show called bbw fan fest which was the first bbw award show trade show and we had parties at night and it was really awesome it was a great experience it brought the plus size bbw genre of talent and their fans together in one weekend of recognition for the plus size performers and adult. And we had a red carpet. Everything was awesome. Well, as part of the lead up events, because I had events leading up to the fan fest because people will come in on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of the week. And the show didn't start till Friday. So I decided to do like a Thursday night strip show at Hustler Club. So and this was the first time BBWs had ever been inside of the Hustler Club in like a major strip club. Like there's been BBW strip events, but this was the first time that we were inside of Hustler and it was huge because, you know, Hustler doesn't really support the biggies. Right. No, it's all like <laughs> standard size, Barbie size models. Yeah. Right. Right. So we have this strip event and, you know, for years I did these BBW strip events to bring the BBWs together and get them some stage time. They can make money. Their fans could come see them dance, yada, yada, yada. Well, fast forward, I moved to Baltimore for a project called BBW Cam House, which was a virtual house, 
like my house that I'm living in right now still has the cameras. They're not on. But at one time, you could literally go on the internet to bbwcamhouse.com, which don't go to it anymore. But <laughs> you could go online. I was already going. <laughs> you could go online. It, it goes to a cam site now. Like it's not even, it's, it's not. Just somebody, somebody poached the domain and pointed it to their own regular cam house. Yeah. Well, to, to a cam site to make money. But anyways, at the time, you could literally log on and you could watch. I had like two or three cameras that were free. So you could see what was going on in like the living room or the pantry or in the backyard. And then you could subscribe and then you could see the cameras everywhere. The bathrooms, all the bedrooms, the basement, everywhere. And they have audio, so you could hear what was going on. You could see what was going on. And it was a really awesome project that I was extremely passionate about. Oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. I would love to do it again, but it's a lot of work. It would take a team of people and a lot of money. So, <laughs> right, right. Well, it's made a reality TV show, but, you know. It's real reality because yeah. you're literally watching, like, the things that happened inside of my house were real things that were happening. So if somebody got into an argument, it wasn't a staged go fight with somebody because we need some, you know, airtime, like, or we need people to be watching. It was literally like people having disagreements or, you know, we had lifestyle parties. So if you saw someone getting it on, it was a real, like they hooked up on for real. It wasn't me going, Hey, I need you guys to do some stuff for the cameras, which is what reality TV really is. is right. producers. Well, it's, it's scripted. It's so scripted. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, yeah. It's scripted and it's all prompted with, you know, trying to create drama for, tv for for watches for likes and follows like so anyway so that i came to baltimore for the cam house and when i came here i was you know wanting to do more projects with bbws because that's been my my passion since i got in the industry was to create opportunities and pave the way and then make a special place for the bbw genre which when i got into the industry there was no pavement there were models that worked in the industry but there was really no recognition there were no awards there were no events there was really nothing about bbw i didn't even know there was a thing called bbw porn so anyways i get to baltimore i do a strip event in the middle of the of the winter it's like a snowstorm and so people came but some of the models couldn't make it because they were snowed in so (laughs) when it was like three models there, three dancers, I'm like, well, somebody's got to get on this stage. I can't have the same three dancers rotating. Like, (laughs) so me being the boss bitch that I am, I put on a sexy dress, like a little, you know, slashed up lingerie looking kind of dress, put on some stripper shoes and I got my ass on the stage. Wait, so this wasn't even planned? Not at all. Like you didn't have like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go be a stripper on this day at this time. And I'm going to create this, you know, dance or whatever. Oh my gosh. No, it was literally a few of my fans were there and they were like, why don't you dance? And I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm one of those people. I'm very much like, I let other people take the stage. I I really don't want to be at the forefront of the attention. I've always done it because no one else wants to no one wants to be at the center of the attention because they're afraid of the bad that comes with the good. And I'm like, fuck it. Somebody got to do it. But also you're (laughs) just a natural, you're just a natural leader. So yeah, you just, you get the shit done when it needs to be done. That's just, yeah, I see that. That, Yeah. That's, that's my, my um, toxic trait plus my 
good quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I get that. I oh my it's gosh, I relate to that so much. Yeah, yeah. People are like, "Why did you do this?" And it's like, "Bitch, you weren't doing it." Like somebody's got to like. I can't sit and wait for you to decide this is important for you, so I'm just gonna do it. And that's really kind of the mantra for my career. Like, if anybody was to say who is Platinum Pussy, and it's like Platinum Pussy is gonna give a space and give opportunity for other people to step their game up. But I I gave myself Queen of BBW because every time I've given that space no one really wants to jump in there or if they do it they do it in a really like shitty way where they're like rude to other bbws and they're not doing it with the sense of of community they're doing it with the sense of their own narcissistic hunger you know what i mean yeah and so i just step back in and i'm like well you know somebody's got to do this and do it with a sense of um what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I'm doing it not just for myself. I'm not even doing it for myself. I'm doing it for those BBWs out there or just the models in general or just the performers in general who feel lost and feel like there's no guidance. And that's me. I'm the fairy porn mother. (laughs) (laughs) So So you did your three minute song and I get up there and I had no idea what song I was going to do. So I did a song that I really like and I, I was enjoying myself. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's this really liberating, invigorating feeling about being on stage and being in this like sexy outfit and loving your body and people just staring at you. And I had no nervousness, no negativity. It was really like an awesome moment. But then I remembered, you know, I'm a fat bitch in six inch heels <laughs> on a stage that's slippery with a pole I can't get on. And oh, like shit. those three minutes felt like a year. It was like the longest three minutes of my life. Bad and bitch <laughs> energy up cardio, not to match, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Now, as exciting as those dollar bills were, I made like $100, so I was really excited. That's a good three minutes. Yeah, it was a good three minutes, Um, but I could not wait to get out of those shoes. Like, I literally, when the song was starting to come to its end, I was literally, like, planning my, like, I'm going to just jump off this stage and I'm going to take these shoes off and I'm going to run backstage and get into the most comfortable outfit I can find. <laughs> and oh, I'm done. Like, and that's not what happened. I literally sat down, rolled off the stage, <laughs> took the shoes off there and ran. <laughs> so some of those events happened, but literally like I couldn't even wait. Like I was just done. And like I said, I have a, a newfound respect for, people that do those real physical type of entertainment, like it, I, I definitely respect much respect to them. So well, I mean, even, you know, even posing for pictures and making content is, can be really challenging. It's like, hold that pose. And you know, my husband's a photographer. So he's like, hold it right there. Stay like that. Stay like that. Stay like that. And like, bitch, shit is cramping. Like, yeah. you know, my feet are cramping. Like, I can't hold my breath this long. Like, you're all <laughs> like it's painful, you know? It's, yeah. You know what? Posing for uh, for erotic photography or whatever you want, content production is, I guess, the, the trendy term. It's its own weird form of yoga that we've all invented. <laughs> it really is. It is. <laughs> 
especially when you're trying to come up like you know as models we have the same five poses and when you're trying to come up with like a new pose you want to make you know new outfits and, and new mm-hmm. scenes look different but especially when you're like a foot photographer like how much can you do with your feet right yeah. and let's give some credit to the photographers too i you know especially i don't use a bunch of lenses i mean i'm doing phone so of time in order to get the change in perspective it's a change in body position for myself and i'm doing some crazy poses to get down below and the the good worms i view and i'm doing half of what the serious photographers are doing god it drives me crazy when when the husband's like oh my god that's beautiful so i hear click 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 click. so i think i'm done right and he's like no wait, wait 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 and then he grabs like either another camera or a lens to switch out to and i'm like Bitch, you're turn like you're turning that lens awfully slow, sir. Like, can we hurry this up? Because like, <laughs> yeah, start starting to like learn a flow seconds. of like you know seconds. yeah. It's you got to in the ten seconds and multiple clicks of of one pose. You, you not only you're trying to you know get that pose and get and catch the moment when the foot curl is right, but you're also now trying to catch it from subtle micro variations of angle. Because it's yeah. every one of those things is going to look different, and then you're going to throw half of them or three quarters of them away. Oh fuck! No, I just I'm I can't imagine doing three minutes of that. Like, I, like yeah, no, I'm and I and I'm pretty active, but I, not in cardio. So I'm a strong. Per- I mean, I'm a big girl too, so I'm a, I'm a strong person underneath. Uh, but when it comes down to cardio, to cardio, I have fucking terrible lungs. So do not ask me to like. Yeah, I'm a photographer too. I do professional photography. I have a Canon 7D. I have, you know, four different lenses and the whole, you know, I get up on the ladder. I get down on the floor. I'm an angle queen. So yeah, so occasionally you're laying on your back with your weight on your shoulders, trying to keep one foot off to the wall to prop (laughs) yourself so the the camera is pointing up the right way. And and you're in your own photographer yoga while you're, are you doing um, adult photography? Yeah, I do everything. So that your so, models in their yoga, you're in your yoga. Every wait, like forty-five minutes shoot, everyone's sweating, and you never left the living room. My gosh, can you imagine adding dance to that? No, oh my gosh, no. Okay, so I have a question, uh, yeah. Platinum. So, what's harder for you, being in front of the camera or being behind the camera? And do you have a preference to? It changes. Um, I don't want to say I have a preference because I feel like they're both vastly different. I enjoy being regular schmegular behind the scenes. Like I love doing graphic arts and um, editing videos and, and doing stuff for other people that when they get it, they're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. And for me, it was really easy. Um, that's super gratifying for me, especially when you get paid. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, you're like, yes, I found what I'm good at. But at the same time, there's just this special energy that I feel that I bring. Like, if you look at my pictures, a lot of people are inspired and motivated and really see that confidence through my photos. And that, for me, is also just as equally fulfilling and gratifying when someone says, you know, I got the courage to wear a, a bikini because I saw a picture that you posted, or I got the courage to take photos of my own because I've, I watch your Instagram stories or whatever. Like for me, that 
is really why I've been doing this is because I want other women out there or just other people in general to see their inner beauty and to love their bodies the way that they are and to not let the world make you feel like you are any less important or any less valuable or not beautiful because of the vessel that you were given. And, and yes, you can exercise until your heart goes out. <laughs> But I feel like people don't understand that you, no amount of physical work that you do to your body, whether it's surgery, whether it's weight loss surgery, whether it's um, plastic surgery, exercise, dieting, none of that matters if you don't do the mental work. It takes right. mental work to alleviate those insecurities and all of that really negative self-talk that we give to ourselves when we're like, oh my God, like you just look awful. You need to lose that belly wrap that belly fat or those fat rolls or you have too much cellulite or whatever and so for me I feel like if you're not doing the mental work all of that stuff is just an obsession that never changes the real problem which is that your brain still tells you that you're fat and I know this from many women who have come to me and you know yeah. like I have a friend that was you know 300 pounds and she got down to like 125 and she's cries to me and tells me when I look in the mirror I still see my 300 pound self yeah, I have someone very close to me that went through the whole process of going through therapy and then doing the bariatric surgery and all of that. And um, for a brief moment, it gave her some like this like false sense of confidence. And so she became extremely arrogant just for a little while, you know, and once that wore off, sure, she was thinner and she looked better, you know, according to her in, in a dress or a bikini or whatever. But at the end of the day, she was still that really insecure person. And um, and it, it's scary that this is what we're teaching our girls you know, and our boys, our boys, too, you know. Um, and so I uh, having a daughter myself, you know, that we're, we're a little bit on the thicker side. Um, it's Same. really important for her to see right people that are of regular size everywhere, you know, like, or different sizes, like girls get skinny shamed too, right? Like skinny girl, you're skinny niece and she gets skinny shamed all the time. So, I mean, yeah, it's, but I got to tell you, I, I have your website open here on my iPad while we're, while we're chatting and you're, you've got your, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for top where it goes all the way across. It's streaming, like, it's not streaming. It's like oh, the header, the header. the header. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so your header is like going through with the most amazing pictures. Um, the photography is amazing. I mean, it's like colors, the styling, the angles, the, the poses. I mean, just it's art and it's absolutely beautiful. And I think that, I mean, like I'm looking at a picture of you in a bathing suit, right? Like you're in a bikini and you're like, po you're like kind of laying, you've got a ponytail and like you've got your gorgeous face and your gorgeous makeup and your body looks amazing. Like sure, it's bigger, but it looks amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. So it, I think even with you, it would still be hard to relate because I'd be like never in a million years, even though I'm, I'm her size, never in a million years could I, could I ever look like that, right? But what I love about you is that that's not you all the time. Like no. you don't have a problem coming on your YouTube and your stories and your whatever, like just as your regular normal self. With no makeup, all natural. Looking yes. at this. Yeah. That's I new. That's actually within the last few years. I've um, 
I've done that because I realized that that polished look is extremely intimidating. So really it goes a little bit deeper than that. So what happened was I went into camming um, pretty full force during the time that the cam house was open because I mean, that was kind of like what we were. We were a cam studio and I had a photography studio inside my house and all that kind of stuff. So during those cams, it was real important for me to go put on my full face, wear costumes, lingerie, the whole nine yards, right? And I just one day was like, I don't feel like that's being authentic. And even though it was making me money, it just wasn't, it just wasn't working. It was too much. It, it made getting on cam too much of a process to where I started getting lazy and didn't want to do it. And so when that's your work. It is a lot of work, you yeah. know, it, for photo shoots, it's a little different because you're not interacting with people. And when you're camming, how much money you make can really affect how you feel. So if you're not making money and you just spent, you know, two hours getting into your elaborate makeup and no one's tipping you, it can make you feel very unpretty. It can make you feel unwanted. And I didn't like that feeling. <clears throat> so I started doing some, you know, reverse psychology, like, let me, let me hop on with no makeup. And so what I did is I actually just created a whole new character. And it was really just an AB testing kind of thing. I was like, realizing I was camming under the name Platinum Pussy and started realizing that a lot of my cam time was spent not making money, but these fans that would come in and ask me a thousand questions about all the scenes I've shot or who was my favorite person to shoot with and what companies and like, they only wanted to talk about the porn stuff. And they weren't paying to talk about it. They were just talking about it freely. And I Ooh. had to be like, mm -mm, no, nah, this isn't working for me. So I set up this new profile, this random housewife that sneaks on cams. Husband doesn't know. House full of kids. You know, <laughs> PTA mom, soccer mom that jumps on cams and sneaks on there to play with these, you know, random guys on Chatterbait. And let me tell you, and I did it with makeup sometimes but a lot of times I did it as like no makeup wearing what I would be wearing to be cleaning the house or cooking breakfast or whatever right and I was making so much more money with that persona it was incredibly like wow and I you were somehow relatable I was yeah more relatable you I were not this this goddess that I'm talking about like on your website you look absolutely like I would just completely be like fangirling like i would never think that you're a regular person like i'd be and like that sounds exactly what she was describing where the, the people were coming in and instead of you know hey uh, i got two bucks if you spread your legs they were just fanboying over what movie <laughs> she had been in and what director <laughs> she worked with but that's the part of being humble <laughs> i i really never looked at myself like that i didn't i to this day i don't think i really understand the brand or the persona that I've created to me, I'm still just me. You know what I mean? So I'm in these chat rooms, having these conversations and I'm just aggravated because they're not spending money. Cause I'm like, well, if I am this platinum pussy, that's so fucking popular and famous or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, why am I not making thousands and thousands of dollars with, without having a battle eyelash? Because, like, because you're already famous and you have fortune. So these are just, you know what I mean? Like, they don't think that they needed, they don't think their dollar is going to matter to you. They're like, I'm just, you know. Which is the, bullshit. That's not right. true. <laughs> the, the fame is so weird, too. I had a, um, 
had a moment that kind of sounded like that just a couple minutes before we got on the air. I had just a, a sort of shout out on social media that was like, when your favorite podcast likes your work. And to me, I'm like, this guy, I think this guy's more established as a photographer than I am as a podcaster. <laughs> but I had a total fanboy moment from somebody else. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It what is awesome, but then what people? Yeah, the the awesome and the awesome doesn't pay the bills either. You know, it's like right, absolutely. The hustle is <laughs> its own thing. You, you got to put in the work. You got to put in the quality. You got to put in the hustle. The fame comes, but the fame doesn't have anything to do with anything. The fame is just something, maybe just to keep you going, to keep the hustle going. Fame is just good marketing, really. Hey, so speaking of the hustle. Um, I do want to take a quick break. Um, and then when we come back, I want to go back a little bit to when we're talking, when Platinum started to talk about, um, uh, how she didn't want to do the work sometimes, like it got to be too much and we got a little lazy and, um, I was just about to say, that's a great segue into balancing personal versus professional. So yeah, let's take a break. Boom. And then we'll be right back. Oh, if Platinum's going to do our outro, she's got to do our intro, too. Oh, okay. I can do that. <laughs> Sounds All right. good. All right, back guys. In a yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Carrie Platinum Pussy Anthony, and you're listening to Oh, Those Toes. <laughs> I am so time. I'm so excited about that. We just have to isolate that bit and like use it at the beginning of other shows. Yeah, for every single episode, and and then platinum will get a residual of like one percent of our six dollars a month that we make. And oh shit! Oh shit! I'm going to invest that. (laughs) I'm going to invest that. So. Oh my God! Wait. You'll be a dollar, a dollar. I don't even know what the word is. A dollar, a dollar, dollar. I, I was thinking that she needs to invest in Bitcoin, but you know, it's like I couldn't write the amount of zeros after the decimal point on how much Bitcoin that would be. <laughs> right. And then I realized that Platinum Pussy would be a very great crypto on its own. That's a great idea, Pussy Pussy Crypto, or wait. Platinum crypto. I don't know. Yeah. We'll We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll work on it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll work on Uh, it. Yeah. That sounds great. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Really. Thank you. You're fucking awesome. Um, But one of the things that I, and I know I, we, we talked about it briefly another day, a different day, but um, I really uh, was touched and really related. And like, I just loved, um, one of the posts on your Instagram, which we're not going to talk about that today, but I'm no longer on Instagram, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Where you were talking about like the whole, uh, you know, your your identity a bit. Um, My identity the... crisis. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that are listening, I am in the middle of an identity crisis. While people go through midlife crises, I'm going through an identity crisis. And You know, now that I think about it, half of my life, I've been in the industry for almost two decades and, you know, I'm going to be 50. So that's really shy of half of my life. I have been in the adult industry and the balance to give my private 
carry the spotlight or just the ability to exist has been a struggle because I'm so passionate about what I do and I'm so invested in trying to do any and everything to be successful and to, you know, facilitate all of these community organized things that I'm doing, the motivation, inspiration, the hustle, everything that platinum has just dominated my life for those two decades. And when I went to the 420 Expo a few weeks ago, I, you know, obviously the people that run Exotic are the people that run 420 Expo, but they were like, this is a no adult entertainment zone. Because in the state of New Jersey, you can't have consumption of substances in the same building as adult entertainment. So they were very, just so adamant about the fact that I could not be platinum pussy. And that was like a blow for me. I was like, what? Me not be platinum pussy? I didn't even know what to do. That's who you are in the public eye, right? You're going somewhere public. I live in my, I, I work and live in my platinum pussy zone. Like there really is no separation from the two. And going to the 420 Expo was a big, eye-opening experience for me to see that that there was no disconnect that I was everything I do and you know my my partner has been telling me this for years he'll take me somewhere and be like put your phone down no selfies no videos no content you're not blogging you're not taking pictures of your food I want you in the moment with me and it never really resonated until I went to the 420 expo when I couldn't be platinum Like, it wasn't even a choice. It was literally like, we will put you out if you have any type of adult entertainment stuff here. Like, dead ass. So it was like, whoa. So you couldn't, like, pass out your business card or your website or whatever, your information. You couldn't introduce yourself. Nope. I had passed out Carrie Anthony um, with Carrie's Closet, which is, you know, obviously, if you do enough research, you'll find out. But at the show, the presentation was that I was not, I couldn't say to you, hi, I'm Platinum Pussy. Now, if you came to me, I could obviously be like, yeah, but we're not, we're not doing that here. But I couldn't say, hey, everybody, I'm Platinum Pussy. And I mean, I could, but I had to be very, like, I really couldn't. Like, ultimately, the, the message was like, don't even get yourself started. Because once you go down that road, like, it's really hard to turn around and come back. So essentially, you know, I just realized that I have not nurtured my personal self. And I mean, obviously, we know that when you have that balance between private and professionalism, that they they merge. Obviously, platinum isn't possible without Carrie. And, you know, platinum is just a, a vessel to create content and, you know, make money and and be this other side of myself that, you know, carry on in everyday life who's a mom and a wife and, you know, takes care of a house, you know, that those are not platinum duties. Platinum would never. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and, you know, I, and when I say that I was struggling with this identity crisis, like I had a lot of clutter at home. I had a lot of like, as I started to really dig into this identity thing, it, it was really starting to show how much platinum had just taken over and dominated, I wake up, what do I do? The first thing I do, I look at my phone, I'm looking at my social media, I'm looking at my emails, I'm checking to see if I've made any sales for the, for while I was slept, you know, like those are all platinum things. Those are not carry things. So now that show helped me realize that I have got to nurture my 
personal, uh, my desires, my interests, and, you know, not everything has to be content, which is what made me who I was. Like, I'm the person that's like, you're not making money doing what you do. Like, pick up a toothbrush and film you brushing your teeth. People like to see that. Wash your face. You know, show people your nighttime routine. People do it on YouTube. But there are people that actually have bought those videos of mine where I'm, like, literally doing everyday basic things. Cleaning my house. Mopping the floor. Like, in yeah. a short skirt. Like, these are all things that I've incorporated. And then I realized, because I've incorporated those carry moments into my platinum life's lifestyle, into my everyday chores, tasks, and, you know, my job, basically... I have neglected Carrie. <laughs> and right. uh, so when I was in that meeting, it was like me really having that aha moment of realizing I have got to find balance because I am getting older and platinum isn't going to be around forever. And it's time to nurture me. Are you, do you have any intentions of like fully retiring? Never. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Just got to find the geriatric market. Oh, I'm, I'm already there. I already have a character that I took from a Snapchat filter called Porn Granny. <laughs> okay, I was, I was going to say, please, because you're my age, please don't tell me you're already doing geriatric work. I don't want to hear that. I'm actually, this is, it's funny that you said that. So I have some girlfriends of mine and we love Golden Girls. And I want to be the Golden Girls of Porn. And we're going to create characters that we do now that will essentially be the lead up to when it actually happens. Now, I don't know that I will, but I feel like I have so much content over the course of two decades. And I think I have two decades more left in me that I would never fully retire because there will always be residual income to earn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to retire off of this hard work. So, um, Okay. So when, so wh- how do you, I mean, there's girls that started a year or two ago that are already completely burnt out. Like they do it for a year or two. They're like, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired. This is too much work. And I didn't quite understand that. I think until I, um, until I quit my job last year. So for, it's almost, so it's almost been a year now since I've only been working part time. And I've dedicated a little bit more time to my content. And sure, income has increased and it allows me to be home more and all this stuff. But also, it's now it's work. You know, it's work now. It's not just fun. It's it's because now I have to do it when I don't feel like it because, you know. So how do you, like, what kind of advice? Like, how do you deal with the burnout and the hard work and all of that, like, over the span of two decades? Like, what have you done to, to help with that? Well, I don't know that I've found a healthy way to deal with it, but I think what I do is I'm starting to realize that I am going to have what I call life cycles and or, or work cycles. And sometimes I'm just better in front of the camera and sometimes I'm just better behind the camera. And so like right now, the last couple of months while I've been going through my identity crisis, I have been spending more time organizing my content, really seeing what's out there that I haven't released yet, 
um, you know, editing that content and really spending a lot of time on the back end of things. I'm going through like old, um, my mini vids store, my clips for sale store, my YouTube and, you know, putting up new thumbnails and changing titles, descriptions and working on the back end for the content that I've already got out there. And then also working on new content. So when I do come out of this hiatus and start filming again, I can have content already scheduled and ready to come out. So it's just finding a process that allows me time to nurture whatever I'm feeling at that moment. And that's something that's mm-hmm. new because I never allowed myself to feel. I always stayed so focused to the hu- to the hustle that I became manically, you know, it was like an anxiety ridden, like I have to work today. And now I'm like, no, what you have to do is figure out a way to, cause you know, I do Poshmark and resell all my costumes and plus size clothing and fashion and, all that kind of stuff. And I have Mm -hmm. all these these different businesses. And I just realized that I have to like dedicate a certain amount of time per day to each of those projects and stop putting myself in this manic mode. And that's really for the new girls that are out there. I think a lot of the, the new talent that's coming into the industry are expecting these results that they see on these TV shows and magazine articles and blogs and stuff where they're like, oh, right. so-and-so made a million dollars on OnlyFans. Like, mm. albeit there are models, there are a lot of people that have become financially independent and wealthy from OnlyFans or from their adult careers, but that's also a lot of work or it's a lot of luck. Yeah, it's, uh, or there's a lot of exploitation of something completely different. Those articles and we were just looking at some just before we came on the air uh one of the ones that i happen to come across today is some tangential uh person on the 90 day fiance uh world um the article was really supposed to be just sort of a recap of this season but right there click posty in their clickbaity in the headline was and so and so's fiance uh you know and so-and-so is, is caught taking pictures of his fiance's feet. And the, the porn sex work, stuff like that is getting into the mainstream media. Foot fetish sex work is getting into the mainstream media. But they're fixating on these people who already have their celebrity. Right. And, what, okay, and, then, right. and saying things like, oh, they make a million dollars. Well, one... There you're was already creating a fan the ability base. for them to make a million dollars because you are putting this in the tabloids. And two, you're giving everybody else the idea that they can make this money when, you know, okay, Esquire, are you going to um, promote Platinum Pussy? Are you going to p- promote any here? No, you're only going to promote the people who are already on TV. Right. So they already have a fan base to start. And then and they have exactly, you know what an existing what? fan base. So what else they don't uh, they don't clarify is that some of these people that end up making a ton of money have been working at it for years and years and years, <laughs> you know, before like they've just they've just worked on that for a very very long period of time without pay, you know, and I think that it it's really um, it's really a disservice to everyone. I think all these articles and all these people kind of like. Uh, you know, like they've they they'll say things like, um, um, like I I sold uh, a foot picture for, 
you know, $5,000. I'm like, that's not realistic. Like, that's not, you know. So then these people come in and they start trying to get into the industry, regardless of what the niche is and what the fetish is. And um, and they think they're going to be rich. They think, you know, within a couple of days, within a couple of weeks, they're going to start an OnlyFans and then they're going to be rich. And then they do all this kinds of crazy stuff that they wouldn't normally do for 20 bucks. And then they're done, you know, and it's just, I don't know. It's just so, um, it's so crazy. It's such a crazy time right now. I disagree. I don't think it's the media's responsibility to teach people that just because it's on TV or in the media, we know by now that media is heavily geared towards emotive. Everything the media puts out, the news, every commercial, everything that the media has released to our visual eyes or our ears or for whatever however it's delivered to us is all done with an intent and so i feel like it is our responsibility as the consumer as the reader as the person who is you know consuming this content to know the difference between reality and you know what's what's and, and a lot of times you know they're only portraying the image that the person who gives them the article wants them to portray. And of course, if I'm going to do an Esquire article, you know, me personally, I'm very authentic and I'm very much, you know, like what you see is what you get. So I'm going to be real about the fact that I've never made a million dollars on OnlyFans. But at the same time, I'm not going to go on there and be like, you know, giving them the ins and outs and details, of course, you know, and, and not only that, but like media fluffs things up. We know this, this is not an uncommon thing. Oh, so yeah. I feel like as the people that go into this industry, it's like, for instance, I'm interested in doing drop shipping and I see people that are wildly successful with drop shipping, but I know that it's going to take work for me to establish a successful drop shipping business. People get into this because they want instant fame, instant riches, and they think that it doesn't take anything but throwing a couple of pictures of your feet online. They don't think they have to show their face. Like they want to do the minimal amount of work and get the maximum amount of results. And that's not how it works. Right. But you're bright enough and you're intelligent enough and you're knowledgeable enough to figure this out. You know this. You know that the media is doing this and you know how to look at it objectively but there are people out there that just aren't, you know, and, and of course, I think as a society, oh my gosh, we are so flawed and we have so much to teach our children. And I think that's the problem is I think we're not, I think our children are not being taught by parents. They're being taught by, by social media. They're being taught yeah. by the media in general. Well, and certainly there's going to be a long bit of catch up before, uh, you know, parents in their explanation that birds and the bees <laughs> also have to figure out how to teach their children about, uh, you know, ethical and responsible online sex work. <laughs> We're not there yet. I don't know if right. we'll ever get there that right. this is something you actually have to teach your children, but somebody's, you know, that's what we're here for. That's what our portion of the community. Right. But we're not yes. talking about children. We're talking about grown people who are looking for the easy way out. This is something that you as an adult have to learn on your own. Nothing that you're right. Parent, I mean, yeah, there are parents out there that teach responsibility and work ethics. And, and you know, honestly, I came from a, a hardworking, my mom was a single mom and she worked three jobs at times. So I come from seeing my mom 
work extra hard and still struggled. Like we still didn't have everything that we wanted and needed in life, but you know, we made it, we made do with it. And so my mom taught me my work ethic and that the more, you know, I work every day, whether I'm negative a hundred dollars or if I've got $10,000 in the bank and I work the same every day because I know that there are going to be days when I'm not going to make any money. And then there's going to be days that I make good money. Right. And it balances out. But nonetheless, I still work hard every day because it's just the way that I was brought up. And that when you work like that, it has a residual effect. You are going to make money. Like there was when I was down with COVID for three weeks, I was able to do that because I had done the work beforehand, scheduling posts and, you know, all of the work that I had done every day before that allowed me the opportunity to take some time off and nurture my, my illness And so I think that's really the message that needs to be sent out to people is like, stop going into situations. It's like going into a relationship, expecting every man or woman to be the one, like just enjoy people's company, experience what they have to experience, learn from it. And if it turns out that you have an awesome relationship and it's, you know, a long-term situation, then you start talking about the next chapter, but people are trying to end the book before they've ever finished the table of contents. <laughs> oh my gosh. God, we could we could talk about this for hours and hours, really. <laughs> I'm very much a person that holds myself responsible and accountable. And I feel that's one of the things that's missing in our society or like the current generation is that no one wants to be held accountable. They all feel entitled. And if we're going to teach our kids anything, let's teach them that you have to work for the things that you want in life. Nothing is given to you. And that's why I was saying, like, there's girls that come in here and they think they're going to post one blurry picture of their feet or ass or pussy or whatever. And, and that's some, fucking the simp is going to send them you know ten thousand dollars for it but they don't realize that people have done years worth of work to get to to that point where you can sell a picture for a lot of money you know so yeah and and these articles that we keep finding right top they're all saying stupid shit like that yeah like, they're very very like on fucking facebook right on facebook i just you know, and I and I never go on Facebook, but when I do, it's usually it's only family stuff. It's like not any stuff. It's you know, and and there was this like fucking in the middle ad that said, you know, it was like this Facebook article that said, uh, you know, ten the ten easiest top ways to make rent to make fast money when you can't make your rent or something like that, and like the number two thing was sell pictures of your feet and i'm like bitch if you can't pay your rent in two days you're not gonna go on fucking instagram right now put a picture of your feet and sell it for 500 bucks like that's just not gonna work like but people are like this is what they're believing this is what they're doing it's fucking crazy it's nuts it's nuts it is but well (laughs) related to that the other thing is yeah you, you can't pigeonhole so obviously platinum you you focus and you you start the the obvious entry point for you was let's let's do the the bbw porn thing right that's where you started correct well no actually i started off as a phone sex operator so oh okay i i worked a nine to five i was a bill collector and um i ended up having an emergency health situation where i had to be out of work for six weeks and i 
needed to make some money because I did not have short-term disability benefits that would pay me for the time off. So I needed to make money. Six weeks is a long time to not get paid. Right. So I looked for something to do from home and I found a phone operator job, but I did not know it was phone sex. So I call the lady up and we start talking and I quickly realize it's phone sex. And I'm like, fuck it. What do I have to lose? Like I'm sitting on a couch, can't go nowhere, can't do anything. Um, You know, let's see what happens. And quickly, I mean, I had already been doing phone sex. Like I dated military guys for a long period of my, you know, twenties. And so I was like, you know, I'm good at it. Let's, let's try this out. And so I did and quickly realized that, I wanted to be myself. Um, they, I didn't know that they had pictures of a, a different person. And so I get a call and the guy says, um, tell me what you look like. And I'm like, you know, oh, you know, I'm like, you know, 200 and some pounds, you know, blah, 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 blah. Click. So I call the lady and I'm like, hey, um, dude hung up on me. What, What's up? Like, I just told him what I look like. And she's like, oh, we don't even use your pictures. And I'm like, oh, wow. Why not? And she's like, well, if you want to, we can. So that's what really cultivated the platinum pussy uh, persona was because now I'm an online phone sex operator. And instead of being this fake person that I would never remember how to describe, cause it's not me. Right. I now, I now have pictures online. I now have this online persona. And so I started doing phone sex and I was really good at it and was making good money. And then from there, you know, guys want to get custom pictures. They want to get custom videos and it led into, you know, well, if I'm doing custom sexy pictures and custom sexy videos like why wouldn't I just start you know fucking on camera and boom platinum pussy turned into a porn star (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was it was a, a quick evolution but it was an evolution nonetheless and um it was you know it's a great story like you know everyone asked me how I got my name and I actually use this name on America Online. I don't know if people remember on AOL, they used to have chat rooms. Oh, yeah. And I used to be in these chat rooms where these girls would, like, always bully other girls because they wanted to have all the guys to themselves or whatever. And so I had, like, a regular name, and I was well-known, blah, blah, blah. And so I decided to fuck with them one day. So I went and made up this name. And, you know, at the time, I hung out with a bunch of guys, and we always had these conversations about, like, if you were going to be in a porno, what would your name be? And, you know, they would come up with these things like your first pet's name and your first street that you lived on and all this, you know, stupid stuff. And so my friend that was in there, and he was like, you should be platinum pussy. You got that platinum pussy. Them them dudes be going crazy for that, for that nana. So I'd be like, oh, I was like, okay, okay, okay. So it was a joke. And so I made an online screen name, platinum, P-U-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Y, and jumped into the chat room. No one knew it was me. And the guys went crazy. They were all instant messaging me and wanting to, you know, get my number and hook up with me. Had no idea what I looked like. I had no pictures, literally just the name. (laughs) And so naturally, when I was coming up with my poor name, because my name online in that chat room had such a reaction, I realized that that was a very powerful marketing tool in the industry and was like, that's going to be my name. And, you know, the rest is all history. And it's been a curse and a blessing, uh, a marketing blessing, because nobody ever forgets my name, but a, a curse because my name in itself I know that my days on Instagram are numbered. I know that my days on any platform with the name Platinum Pussy is numbered because the name in itself is considered vulgar. Even though I use these, we all know what it alludes to, so. Yeah. Yeah, but nowadays on fucking, on all these um, social media sites, you don't don't even have to have a 
a bad name or even bad pictures or fucking anything. They're just completely yeah, just, removing everyone. <laughs> the, the, like everything and everyone, you know. We were all worried about the point when Skynet goes active and a rogue AI eliminates the planet. Unfortunately, it's just Skynet went active and a rogue AI is eliminating all social media. Not really. <laughs> kind of kind of with a whimper. Not really a whimper. Like if they're going to eliminate people, they need to go after the people that are bullies and, you know, have these, you know, scammers and all this other shit that's online. That's just super toxic and, and extremely harmful and dangerous. Like the predators. Oh know? my gosh. Uh, we, yeah. Like, do you remember? We, so we were, we had like 15 to 20 people on a chat group and we'd find these like uh, foot fetish pages that had like kids feet in them. You know, and pedophiles thinks it's okay because it's just feet or whatever. I don't know. But we would all report multiple times the pictures and the accounts with the children being exploited. And all of us would come back with, no, but doesn't break, you know, uh, IG protocols or process or whatever the fuck they're saying, though. And and we could not get those fucking pages down. But then we get deleted with no no warning, no reason, no logic, uh, just because... I don't know. Because the rogue fucking, AI has determined that fucking, we are dangerous. It's fucking crazy. Shit is crazy right now. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. It is. You know, it, it's just, it, it's a time where, you know, no one's safe. You know, I've been blackmailed. I had somebody that found me on Chatterbait. I worked with another girl who, you know, was doing, she didn't actually do bestiality, but she was like taking people's content and you know giving it to people that were into bestiality and just because i associated with her online they thought that i was into the same type of content which i am absolutely not i'm a huge animal lover and i think that just is not you know that is gross there are certain things i'm not a kink shamer but there are just certain things that for me are absolutely yeah absolutely but yeah. So anyways, um, so he sends me an email and he says, either you shoot this custom video with, with a dog or I'm going to contact PETA and tell them that this is your video, that you took a, the, a video that was not me, but because you couldn't see her face and you couldn't really tell, even though I have very distinct tattoos, which I'm so glad about now. In the beginning, when I started getting tattoos, I thought, oh my God, these tattoos are going to make me super identifiable and people are going to always know it's me. But then I don't care anymore because I marketed the fuck out of Platinum Pussy, made her famous. And now I'm like, thank God I have those tattoos because if anyone was to say, this is you, I can be like, where's my tramp stamp? Where's the the tattoo on my back? Where's the tattoo on my foot? Where's the tattoo on my ankles? Like, no, this is not me. So anyways, he puts my information on this video and he's saying, I'm going to, so he posts it everywhere. Like literally every bestiality site on the dark web, on the regular web, wherever he could find it. And attaching it to your name. My name is on there. My email's on there. My social media is on there. And I get flooded and I'm talking anywhere from 50 to 100 emails a day wanting to get custom content or do a Skype call with me and my, and I don't even have a dog. So like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm, I'm not that I ever would, but I'm just like, like, this is so far fetched. And I'm in it. And it was such a, uh, and I mentioned this because I think it's important for people that are listening to understand, like we go through a lot of shit, not do not right. only do we have to deal with the judgment from society. Not only do we have to deal with the, you know, the, the, the 
stuff that we get from our family and, and friends or people that don't really understand why we're doing what we're doing and they only see the negativity that comes from this. Porn saved my life. So my story is vastly different. I don't have daddy issues. Like, But back to this like blackmail thing, like we get put in these situations where this guy sent me an email and he had my, at, my um, name, address, like personal details and scared the shit out of me. And I literally lived in fear for months thinking that this person was going to show up to my door. PETA was going to come and arrest me. The cops were going to come and arrest me. I contacted the FBI. They weren't going to do anything because I work in, and I'm a sex worker. And, you know, for me, you're automatically. Yeah. Right. You're automatically. I had to have invited this. I had to have done something to make this, this, you know, happen. And so, or I had to have participated in something for this to become you know, a problem. And I'm only reporting it now because he's become a nuisance. And it's like, no, I'm literally a victim that was, you know, pulled into this situation. And every once in a while they come back, but now I realize, you know, it is what it is. Like, wow. Yeah. Did you ever find out who that was? No idea. Nope. Wow. That's crazy. I wanted to contact anonymous, but you know, I feel like that's a double-edged sword, so. <laughs> Possibly so, yeah. Yeah. Plus, I, they, I, they're I really hard to get in touch with uh, intentionally. Well, you know, here's the thing. And, you know, I've been around hackers. It's like when you deal with hackers, you make yourself susceptible to be hacked. You know what I mean? So I just really want to stay under the radar. Like, I just want to stay out of the out of the spotlight, stay under the radar, just kind of do my thing and move on. It's kind of one of the reasons, I don't want to say it's one of the reasons, but like when people ask me like, why are you not like a multiple award-winning BBW porn star? Why are you not the number one or whatever? And I'm like, I never wanted to be. And I still don't want to be. There are a certain set of problems that come with being in that particular position. And the real truth is I'm not willing to do whatever it takes to get there. That was never important for me. And so I'm cool with being the person that helps somebody else get there and helps market, you know, other BBWs and puts these BBW projects together, like the fashion show at Exotica and all of the different things that I do. That's where I find my pleasure. I don't want to be the face of fucking BBW. (laughs) I would really love to help somebody else be there. Yeah. I just read an article, but I, fuck, I can't remember the name. Um, but the article was about the downside of fame and it, you know, he went like, there was like a list of all the things that, they, that we don't even think about. And, and some of it, of course, is stalking and shit like that. But blackmail was one of the things that happens a lot with famous people. And I mean, I, there is such a thing as too much fame. Like I just, look, look at Britney Spears. Uh, right. Exactly. Look at Britney Spears, the people that she loves the most, her fucking family, her parents. Right. People that are supposed to protect you. The people that are supposed to love you unconditionally and protect you at all costs were the people that put her into a state. Like, I believe she's crazy because of them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you're you're in a position, when you have that kind of access to money, when you have that kind of fame, when you have that kind of, you know, not only is it that you have no trust because you don't know if you can date somebody. Look what happened with her and Kevin Federline. And I'll use her as an example because she's like one of the most famous, you know, meltdowns and you saw her publicly deteriorate from being this superstar 
and quickly go from superstar into crazy and the effects, the long-term and the short-term effects of fame and money and not being able to trust people. And, you know, the very people that you love are the ones that deceive you and, and put you in this situation where she had to literally fight for her freedom. Right. Yeah. And then on top of that, the responsibility, and I know I watched an uh, interview with Will Smith and Will Smith was saying, you know, obviously he's made some mistakes and very publicized. And he was like, and that's a, a whole set of issues in itself is that you have to tip your toe through life. You know, you can't have real life human situations because they get publicized. They get, you know, everybody knows all your business. You get judged, you get, you know, and he's like, I'm not just, you know, a human person. I'm like, considered to be someone who's on a pedestal who should have known better should have did better and he's like albeit that's true but i'm also human and you know he got crucified like he molested a child when all he did was smack the shit out of chris rock who disrespected his wife and you know albeit that was the wrong thing to do i understood where he came from because i probably would have smacked the shit out of him too yeah that's a that's a really good point and we could we could definitely talk for hours about this, but I have to please our foot fetishes and girl, I gotta know, I gotta know what can we find on fattyfeet.com? Woo, girl! <laughs> <laughs> well, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm a fucking foot pervert. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I no, I'm not love... sorry. <laughs> no, you should not apologize. I'm not, not apologize. <laughs> um, so I obviously when you get into like the adult entertainment world, fetish is something that quickly presents itself because not everything is all normal sex. You know what I mean? And in fact, more of the adult industry is about the fetishes that happen. And so it was a natural transition for someone to say, send me a picture of your feet. And I'm like, you mean you don't want me to do this scene with this guy and get my brains, you know, fucked? No, I want to see your feet. And I was like, oh, that's easy. So I take a picture of my feet. And then I quickly learned it's more than just the picture of your feet. Like I started learning the lingo about, you know, soles and toes and arching your arches or the lack of your arches or having, and for me, I have chubby feet, I have fat feet. And so I started fattyfeet.com where any foot fetish that I had, because I had a, a really decent following of foot fetishes that admired my chubby feet and uh, well manicured toes, because I make sure that they're nice and pretty. And I would take all these different pictures of the bottoms of my feet and my feet doing different things. And my feet would have props. Sometimes I'd get dildos and, or even still to this day, I still do foot fetish content. So it was really interesting to navigate. And I know you and I have talked about this anywhere. You've said like, there's so many different niches within the niche of foot right. fetish, right. you know, cause you can go in the direction because I was doing porn content. I have actual foot job content. So, you know, that would be one of the things that I would do. Like I would do a scene with someone and then I'd be like, Hey, can we do a foot job video? And they'd be like, Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> how hard can that be you know so, so so was it hard for you to do a foot job 
Yes, it is a lot of exercise. <laughs> yeah, you need to have a lot of abdominal and like, you know, quad and hammy strength. I mean, shit. Yeah. Um, well, I actually came up with this idea where, you know, they have the row machine. I, yeah, yeah. I was, I was talking about like 80s fitness rowing machine. I'm sure there's new versions now, but yeah, I know what you're for sure, but I remember the old rowing machine, and I told one of my guy friends because he was a huge foot fan, and so I told him we should build like put like an ottoman at the end so he could sit there, and then I could have the handles and I could literally like row so that it would give me some leverage to be able to do the foot job because the problem with the foot job is the positioning. And so I got really good at like laying on my stomach and doing it that way, but that doesn't really give me a whole lot of like room or like, it's, it's like, you just have to do it one way. And I like doing cool different angles and, you know, tricks and whatnot. And so being on your back, you have to lay against your hands and it's just positioning yourself to do a foot job is a lot more work than it sounds. And I want to be able to just be able to do my thing. And go to town, so I mean, right. Not worry about the exercise behind it, or the that your tailbone is hurting, or your elbows, or your hands, or whatever. Yeah. Or so necessity I... is the mother of invention, and you modified a uh, rowing machine to be your. I never did it, but I that was my idea of like how I was going to create this like exercise foot job all in one. So, what do you? What would you say is your most common like um, foot fetish requested? video now i would say like toe curling toe crunching um i have you got some some you have some really um so so top she has i think she has tapered toes right so your toes are aligned like the the big one then the smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller yes right okay and you've got my 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 big toe and my the next toe um, I, I guess that's the index toe. Those are almost the same exact height, and then they taper down. Okay, and then um, and so when you go from under, so those, so tapered toes make great soles because they look like the little cartoon stamp. You know what I mean? Like the, the footprint. Like, yes. Just, right. Yeah. So I mean, just looking at the the. Uh, the little trailers of your foot videos, I can tell you have really good souls. So I would think that people would ask for for soul videos or soul pics more. I do have some. Um, in fact, I do a lot of like ignore videos where I'll put the camera on my feet and you'll literally just be like looking at my souls while I'm on my phone or just ignoring the camera because that's also popular. Um, Very, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people that are in a foot fetish aren't really into the talking, or at least in my experience, um, they're not really into the the dialogue or the talking, and they just really want to look at the feet. Yeah, and so they just want to like, sit under your desk and look at your feet while they while they jack off. Yeah, right. Well, for me, I'm very much a, a, a vocal person, as you can tell. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to get me to shut up, but. You know, so for me, I'm like talking and, you know, and I felt like that's what videos were supposed to all be about was like, you know, talking about the toes and the dialogue and the verbiage and like really like explaining. But, you know, I found out later that, you know, a lot of people that are into foot fetishes just want to look at the fucking feet and not hear all the bullshit that comes with it. So, yeah. So have you, um, 
so at this point, like you've experienced some, some foot play. Is that something that you, that you actually enjoy? I do. I love getting my toes sucked. I absolutely love getting like, especially like my big toe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or like having them like, in between. There's nothing the... so phallic about it. <laughs> so when my partner and I first got together, I felt like that was like one of the reasons that made me just be like, Oh my God. Yes. Like we were getting it on. We're having a great time. And all of a sudden he just picks up my foot and starts sucking on my toes and like takes his tongue and he licks in between each and every toe and like just treats it like a delicacy. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is the love of my life. And we've been together almost 10 years. <laughs> but is he a foot guy? No, not, not really. Yeah, well, we've, we've always said you you don't have to be a foot fetishist to put a little toe sucking on no. the No, I will say I think he's an undercover foot guy because he will he doesn't really so much care about my nails, but he'll be like, "Yo, your feet need to get done. Like, let's go. We're going to get your feet done." <laughs> and he's adamant about like you know I'm I'm a country I'm not a country girl, but I like you know I'm used to walking barefoot. Yeah, and so he's like put on some put on some shoes you need to have something on your feet don't walk around and he will check my feet to see if they're dirty so I think he is an undercover foot fetishist and just doesn't want to admit it yeah maybe he hasn't re- really really realized it yet yeah but I mean I don't you don't have to be all crazy with it right you don't have to be right. all crazy with it yeah I don't think it's that he doesn't realize it I think it's that he'll just never admit it he's like that kind of guy like he just <laughs> well as long be- as he's still sucking your toes Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Why do we need labels? Who cares? Yeah, like there was a time I let my toenails grow because I had a fan that was really into like the really long toenail, the big toenail. Uh-huh. And so I was letting my toenails grow because I wanted them to be natural and not the acrylic ones. So I let my toenails grow and my partner was like, um, you have to cut those down. Those things because he went to go <laughs> suck my toe and it literally like scraped the top of his mouth and he was like, No, we're not doing this. You need to get those done. Get them cut uh, down. Uh, you know, I find that some, and I don't, I don't have my nails like super long, but I find like when they are kind of long and they kind of scratch a little bit, and I think top toes feels the same way. There's just something about like the next day feeling a little bit of the scratch, like oh shit, like there's a cut right there inside my mouth. Like they kind of like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like if if you're into impact play and the next day you're kind of admiring the sting on your ass or the bruise. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So so Carrie, if someone wanted to order custom videos from you right now, are you available for that or not? Yes. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite kind of custom to make? Um, you don't have to say feet. You don't have to say feet. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love the, the, the uh, variety of fantasies and the diversity of every individual custom that I've ever received. No custom has ever been the same. And so I can't say that I have a favorite because they're all unique and fun to fulfill. And then, so tell us where can our um, tell yeah just just the way? short list because we're gonna we're gonna yeah. hook up with a lot of links on uh, on our site at ohthosetoes dot com show links. What's what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Um, I, I mean, I guess there's different 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 things, right? Because you're also doing some consultations and coaching for um, 
for 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 content creators as well, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Um, queenofbbw.com goes to my links. That's where everything's at. That's the easiest easiest way to get in touch with me. Um, you can also Google me, and all my information is very readily available. I'm so I'm everywhere on the internet. So, platinum P U Z Z Y, boom, you got me. Wow, fantastic. Um, we'll get a few more links than just that on the site as well. And, um, got it. We're well over an hour, so we could do this all day. I Uh, really could. (laughs) I'd love to do this all day, but we also all have lives. So we're going to get on to for some food. So absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. It's been a pleasure. And for all the listeners, I look forward to hearing from you and I'll be back. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, you're, I would, I know you have a busy life and you'll have your own, you know, shit to do and your own podcast and whatever, but you are welcome to come back anytime you like. You have a new product you want to push, you know, welcome, you're welcome to come back any other time. You're welcome to fill in for me. You're welcome to fill in for Top Toes. I mean, I, I, it's just going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be an awesome relationship. (laughs) Anytime. Thank so, you so um, much. Yep. Good. Platinum Pussy, guys. Miss Platinum Pussy here. Fucking and amazing. Platinum Souls. Thank you. <laughs> there it platinum is. Toes and Souls. Hell yeah. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Yes, thanks, thanks for having me. Till next Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the whole nine, YouTube. You know where you're listening from. We thank you all, no matter where you are. And for those of you masturbating to our voices this whole time, you're welcome. Very welcome. Send tips. (laughs) Right. Come back. (laughs) Bye.